Hello, and welcome to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in again. I am Tyler. I am Carmen. I'm Gordy. And you are listening to What the Folklore. Uh, we are going to, tonight, listen to a story by our illustrious storyteller, Carmen. Uh, Gordy and I have not heard this story before, so you'll be getting our honest-to-goodness reactions, for better or worse. Uh, and then afterwards, we're going to discuss to uh, see if we can figure out what went on in that story and why it is an important story to remember. Yep. Today we are traveling to Mexico. We are reading The Greenish Bird, which is one of the more descriptive titles we've come across. <laughs> the Greenish Bird? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not committed <clears throat> to being green. It's the just The Greenish Bird that I saw from a very long way away. <laughs> I like that it leaves something to the imagination. Like, it's green-ish. Maybe that the could cover, is colorblind. Yeah. It could cover a lot of ground. Could be more blue, could be more yellow. I, I'm could willing be... to bet that the bird in my head is entirely different from the bird in either of your heads right now. Yeah. Because I'm picturing a canary. <laughs> yes, you are, you are 100% um, accurate. That is very different. But, you but know, it's greenish. A good story lets the, the listener or the reader build choose their own what kind world of bird into it. Yeah. Just get right down to it. A good story lets the reader choose their own kind of bird. Right. Any story that does not do that is shit. So <laughs> I guess I guess sorry most things that Heinlein wrote. <laughs> give back give back those Hugo Awards. <laughs> You did not let your reader decide what what bird was in your story. Also, all of the things I am writing are currently shit. <laughs> I don't know that I describe what kind of bird. Okay. I don't. I don't recall ever ever naming a bird in a story ever. There's a bird in one of my stories that the, the readers could decide. So that one's good, and is the it, other one's bad. Is it greenish? I don't even go that far because that would be copyright infringing. And I would throw you in jail. <laughs> you personally, yeah. Citizens arrest. Copy- copyright infringement. <laughs> that is. It is a very real, very separate place from regular jail. It's mostly the cardboard box we have erected in the corner. Yeah, when I get bored with everyday life, I just start citizen arresting for different things. He likes to to walk by and and throw a pot of gruel on the ground. <laughs> There's your meal for the day. Yep. So are you you are judge, jury, and executioner Absolutely. for copyright jail. Yeah. But only when he's bored. And copyright jail is a cardboard box. That I carry with me, like <laughs> solid snake. What kind of security does copyright jail have? It's not great. I'm <laughs> here to tell you. It's, it's mostly shame. <laughs> yeah. Just the sheer embarrassment of what you've done. Yes. I think that's the... Um, I send out a lot of summons. I don't get a lot of word back. But I, I think that's the, uh, the sentiment behind those those anti-piracy ads yeah. that you watch at the beginning of movies where it's like you wouldn't steal a car or kill a baby or any of these other things it's it's not effective it's just it's shame based you wouldn't talk about a greenish bird would you 
We would, we're about to. Uh oh. And if that, <laughs> we're about to get in a lot of trouble. And if that means right. going to copyright jail. We're reading from the original source material mm-hmm. in a parody form. So oh, okay. we're covered on two fronts. Anyway, story time. Yeah, you guys you guys ready to read this color deficient story? More than ready. Alright, let us begin. So there were three orphan girls, and Louisa did much sewing. Now this starts. Okay. One of the three orphans, presumably. presumably. Probably the youngest, because let's be honest, the youngest is the best always. Yep. The other two unnamed girls looked down on Louisa's way of life, because they would rather go to bars and such things. And then it says, well, that kind of woman. Gay women. Hmm. This whole story is told with a shrug, so I might repeat direct lines from it more often just because okay. the, the storytelling style is half the joy of reading this. Okay. I, I assume here the gay means happy. Happy. Frolicking. Or carefree. Yeah. So while her sisters were out at bars and things, Lisa stayed home and sewed and kept this jar of water on the windowsill as an action. <laughs> as a free action. <laughs> just every round she says, oh yeah, use my free action. To keep this jar of water up there. It's not going anywhere. I'm going to use it. <laughs> so, then then he came. The greenish bird that was an enchanted prince. Did he? He was an they, enchanted whoa. prince. Yeah, they just they Did, okay. laid out the cards cool. on the table. No beating around that bush. Cool. And, of course, he liked Louisa a lot. Well, duh. Because? She's got that jar of water. Yeah. So, she he asked her to raise her eyes to his... And her troubles would be over, but she wouldn't. Uh, so one night he comes and he asks for a drink of water, but she went and looked to see if it was a bird or a man or anything asking her for this. Again, so she hears a voice, right? but does not look to see, like, to confirm a source? Yes, but I thought that she knew it was a green bird already. I don't know. What is the alternative? A man or anything. So it could be nothing saying it to her. Right. Um, and that that is an equal possibility on the table <laughs> than a bird or man or whatever. It's so tempting to read this directly from this book because the storytelling style is crazy and also wonderful. It's, it's just, it's one big, eh. He's <laughs> like, whatever, bro. Uh, but she didn't know whether he drank or not, so then she saw that it was a man. Yeah, I was yes. I was going to say about the, the writing style, it sounds like you are a tired mother reading to us. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're rambunctious children at the end of a long day. So, yeah, and you're just I, making this up as yeah. you go. When I, when I sound like, I'm like, uh, whatever, this, I'm reading directly from this book. <laughs> So she gave him water, and he came again, presumably another night, and proposed to her, and they fell in love, I guess, <laughs> at the same time. Um, that's, yeah, I think that's, that's how it works. an accurate portrayal of the process. So the bird would come inside. I guess he's not a man anymore. He'd lie in her bed on the headboard. So I'm mean, just guessing the bird would just fly in and, and sit on the headboard and not be a man. As and, birds do. And they are now in love. Yes. But they're not married. No wedding has been mentioned. So so they're, so they're just enjoying being in, having this bird woman. Well, she's a regular woman. He's relation. just a bird. No, I know. Uh, a, a bird, bird oh, a bird hyphen woman slash woman. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, they share all the same hobbies, like drinking water. <laughs> and, and being <laughs> yeah, I, into sewing. Yeah, I can see how they'd get along. Yeah. He sews, he watches her sew, she and they sews, both drink he water. Makes you know, they, they, are, water. they are responding to each other's bids for attention, and that, that's what it takes. That is at least a 95% 
on OkCupid. <laughs> I think so, but what's their what's their enemy percentage? About two. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so I set up a garden. They've all they've both abstained from all religious and political questions. <laughs> <laughs> they've just answered the fluff ones. Yeah. Do you like water? Yes or yeah. no? <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> Do you like sewing? Yes or no? Cool. We must be perfect. Uh, so I set up a garden for her with many fruit trees, and they also got her a messenger and maid, so she was living it up pretty nicely. Yeah. What were her living? conditions for were they bad sewing (laughs) she had a room a windowsill and sewing and water this is the full catalog of her no parents okay so i guess not great so i'm but i'm assuming for the duration of this story if it is not specifically mentioned it does not exist okay so i know i know windowsill i know jar of water sewing and bird and bed i mean bed sewing gives you a lot like anything not mentioned could just be made of sewing. Sewing, <laughs> yeah. I, okay, but they didn't it could say just be that. felt or wool. Felt. I think they use a lot of felt in they, Mexico. They Do are they? Well, Suede, I think. They are they? well off enough that her sisters can go out to bars. Go and clubbing stuff. every night. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think deplorable conditions. Okay. She just sews all day. Well, her sisters find out because I guess a garden, a messenger, and a maid are not the most subtle things to suddenly appear in your house. How would they know? They're drunk all the time. They could have just forgotten that they had those things. (laughs) Maybe they sobered up one day. Uh, So they're all upset about how high up she's gone overnight, and they decide they want to see what her secret is. So they go and spy on her, and they see that it's a bird, and I guess conclude that the bird's doing all of this stuff. It's that. (laughs) It seems... Very reasonable. It's that little bugger. So they got plenty of knives and put them on the windowsill. <laughs> plenty. Yes. Plenty of plenty of knives. What is, what is the um like the metric quantity of plenty? How many knives is plenty? More than four. I want I want a scientific measurement. So plenty of knives were on the windowsill, and the next time the little bird came, he was wounded all over. He said, "Hey, Louisa, if you wanna if you wanna find me." I live in Crystal Towers on the plains of Merlin. I'm badly wounded. Out. And then he disappears. He lives where? (laughs) In Crystal Towers on the plains of Merlin. How do you spell plains? Uh, P-L-A-I-N-S. As in the rolling fields of Merlin. Of Merlin? Yes. That was not the name that I expected to crop up in this this Mexican fairy tale. Also surprised by this, but that's one hell of an address. Yeah. The plane. Yeah. Oh, that's what we should call this apartment. The Plains of Merlin? <laughs> the we Crystal can, Towers. Can, there's a nail on the door. We can yeah. put it on a sign. The Crystal Towers of the Plains of Merlin. That is a really cool address. I'm changing <laughs> my resume. <laughs> to that address? Immediately, yeah. I think if it's a place I really want to work for, they'll find it. <laughs> Yeah, they're worth it. They'll put in that effort. So Louisa buys a pair of iron shoes, as you would when your bird boyfriend is wounded by knives. Uh, She grabs as many clothes as she could carry walking, and also a guitar she had. She goes. I think that would cut down on the amount of clothes she could carry. (laughs) I I would think so. Which which is prioritized in this situation. So she clothes are listed first. Okay. She is starting by the sound of it a really cool band. <clears throat> I mean Plains of Merland is already a good band name. 
It is. With Crystal Towers as your first album. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, but she has metal shoes. Iron shoes. Iron shoes. But that's metal shoes. I'm yes. picturing, like, metal shoes, though. Actually, which is, like, super, like, knee-high boots with a lot of straps and buckles. Picture what you want. Iron shoes are a thing that comes up in multiple fairy tales. It's also a good band name. So, well-equipped for her journey, she goes off and comes to the house where the son's mother lived. The son's? What son? The one in the sky. Oh, that, okay. S-U-N, son. Mm-hmm. Oh, mother is, is this, this... Hang on. I'm just going to make a prediction. Is this how Tribute starts the Jack the Jack Black song? <laughs> I don't believe so. No. What is she's your not... sleepy brain is my brain in doing? Is she going to meet... <laughs> she's not going to meet <laughs> the devil moves. and he's going to... Or a demon and, and the demon challenges her to play the greatest song in the world. I don't know, Gordy. Let's find out. Sleepy librarian has found his way to D tenacious. <laughs> I think he is not asleep. He has taken a lot of Valium. <laughs> so he's just stumbling around in there, grabbing things at random. I'm really Talk ti- about this. <laughs> I'm really tired. All I can do is read off the cue cards. I'm <laughs> talking about. Speculate this one. <laughs> See how it goes. We'll find out, Gordy. So, uh, the son's mother is very blonde and very ugly, and uh, tells her... Is it, like, bleached? I guess. (laughs) From being near the sun? She is a blonde, blonde old woman. Very ugly, is how she's described. Well... Verbatim. Does she look like leather from being near the sun? Probably. I'm I'm assuming we're talking to a purse. Yeah, like, I'm picturing a charred husk with white hair. (laughs) Hi, have you met my... My son, it's the, the son. son. <laughs> uh, when the, when the uh, old woman answers the door, she says, What are you doing here? If my son, the son, sees you, he'll devour you. Whoa, this is turning <laughs> into Super Mario Brothers. And uh, Louisa says, I'm, I'm searching for the greenest bird. And the son's mother says, he, he was here. He's badly wounded. Look, there's a pool of his blood over there on the floor. He left a moment ago. Startlingly I left good results for that description. Yes. I'm the looking for bird. the greenish bird. Oh, cool. He it's right. Like, yeah, I know exactly what what that is. Oh, cool! He left a mess in my house, and I haven't cleaned it up. <laughs> Conveniently, he just came in here to bleed out a little bit, and then he moved on. Uh, greenish bird is a proper noun. Uh, so Louisa says, "Okay, I'm, I'm leaving," and the son's mother says, "Wait, no." Just hide in the house. Maybe the sun knows more than I do. He shines everywhere. So the sun comes in super mad and says, I smell human flesh. If I don't get to eat it, I'll eat you. To his mom? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of glad How that the sun lives the in the sun? sky now. <laughs> yeah, the sun's I'm, a douchebag. I don't want to hang out with that guy. I'm picturing the sun as being like... 34. <laughs> like this Why is, 34? Like Living this, with his mom. Like, this is not a child no. who just... But, like, he's grown. He should be out of this house by now. Yeah. What is his beard-to-neck ratio? <laughs> How many fedoras does he also, have? Also... Is that where you're going with yeah, He loves I, katanas. Um, I say 34 because that's how old Melvar is in the Futurama episode. Okay. He's the energy beam. Thank you. And it's the same situation. Gotcha. All right. Um, I picture the guy from those sausage commercials who's just dressed up like a son. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. And so he just who walks around with. eating people. Oh, so great. Oh, I'd pay to see that. That should be the next commercial. You're welcome, Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Jimmy Dean, the sausage is people. 
Don't trust the sun. <laughs> there we go. We created a whole new marketing direction for them. I'm sure it would be super successful. <laughs> yeah, that would that would move a lot of product, I bet. Soylent sun sausage. Yep, Soylent sun sausage. <laughs> we should be in PR. So the son comes in, tells his mother, I smell human flesh, but I can't evidently eat you. Uh, she lies about there being nobody there, and gets him calmed down and feeds him. And then she tells him what's going on little by little, just to sort of ease him into it. Hey, you see that pool of blood? Uh, so at the end of that, he, he asks for the girl and says, Hey, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard of the greenish bird. But maybe the moon knows. So apparently the son was just hangry. <laughs> he just he just needed some food, and then he would stop trying to eat people. What did they eat? They don't say. It's just food. But he did consume. Maybe other people. Yeah, just the stock house that they already had. Yeah. yeah. So Louise is about to leave, and the, the sun makes her eat first, and then she heads out to the moon, and the moon's mother answers the door and says, Hey, if my daughter sees you, she'll eat you. These fucking 20-something... <laughs> Celestial, celestial bodies. Celestial millennials <laughs> won't get a job and move out of their parents' houses. So she asks about the greenish bird, and once again he'd shown up and left a pool of his blood and moved on. Um, she starts to leave, and the moon makes her stay and eat more food. And then she's allowed to go. These mothers are covering pretty well. Well, the second time's it's the moon saying it, and not the moon's mother, but they kind of skip over the moon coming home, and oh. I, I don't know that how was... carefully this was written. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they figured you read the part with the sun, and they're like, <laughs> you, just, you can extrapolate. Um, hey, guess what? The same thing happens. It's the moon. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Okay. So, so I send her to the wind's house, and the wind's mother says, Hey, you have to hide because if my son, the wind sees you, heaven help us. So she's a lot less specific than the what? other moms. That is just, foreboding. <laughs> just, it's, something's going to go down. I can't tell you what. So the wind comes home all angry, and his mother tells him to behave and, and have something to eat. And so he's also just hangry and quiets down. And the girl comes out and tells him about the greenish bird. And he says, I can't tell you anything. I've never seen anything. Which sounds kind of suspicious. I've never seen anything ever. (laughs) It it is the wind. (laughs) I've seen literally nothing ever in my existence. So the girl went out again. But they gave her breakfast first and all that. That's that's nice. I wonder wonder what all that covers. They ate breakfast and watched reruns of all that. (laughs) The thing is that by the time she did find out, she had worn out the iron shoes she was wearing. Those are not great shoes. Those are not good iron. She'd been walking for a long time, I guess. Not great durability. It happened that there was an old hermit way out there somewhere who tended to all the birds, and he would blow on a whistle and they would come, and all kinds of animals, too. So she went to the hermit and... uh, Asked about the the greenish bird, and he says, "I don't know what that is, but he was here." <laughs> you think, get your story straight, old you man. Think the greenish bird gave her a fake name, <laughs> and is maybe not as invested in this relationship as she thinks he is. Uh, so he says he'll call on his birds, and that they might know. And he called all of them, but the old eagle all was missing. Of them. Hey, hey, birds assemble! <laughs> hey, rest of the birds! And then the do you s- know this one bird? And they blot out the sun. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Blows a whistle, and every bird ever just congregates in this 
That's they made a movie about several movies about that. Is that like literally every bird? Like even the flightless ones start showing up? I think so. Probably at different times. Emus and penguins. Oh, emus are mean. Yeah, this is gonna get rough <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, she needs to get get what she needs and get out. This is a bad part of town. This is bird turf. <laughs> Bird so, territory. So all the birds were called, but the old eagle was missing because he was right in the middle of it. It, I think, being the actual action with the greenish bird, judging from context, but they're not clear The on actual that. action? Yeah, where the greenish bird is and what he's doing. I think that's where the old eagle is in the middle of. But they just say it, and it's confusing. But he's, he is eating tripe, I'm so going to. I'm going to picture him just at home trying to finish watching the movie It. <laughs> he was in the middle of it. Yeah, he didn't want to, and he didn't didn't want to leave half. That would make total he, sense. He needed yeah. to return it that day. He needed to finish it, or Blockbuster was going to have his ass. Okay, so the prince, which I think is the bird, was to be married, but he prayed to God that he would get leprosy, and he was ill with sores. And was hoping Louisa would get there. Wait. That is a hell of a sentence. Wait. (laughs) It's different from the original problem of being cut with knives. This. I mean, that would make you sore. In one sentence, this story just veered off in a whole new direction. They were hoping. They were getting ready to marry him to a bride who was a a very rich princess, but he didn't love her. He wanted. His Louisa. So this is the bird. But anyway, the old eagle was missing. But the bird... Wait, who has leprosy? The the prince slash bird. The greenish bird. Yes. He wants to have leprosy. Yeah, but he, he wanted leprosy. He, at, he prayed for leprosy and now he has sores. Why? Because he doesn't want to marry the bride. He wants to... Okay, so, the, so he <laughs> Seems got... Seems like lep- an extreme solution so to that problem. So he asked for leprosy already... to get out of marrying this yeah, bird princess. This regular princess. <clears throat> oh, I can't make it to the wedding. Got leprosy. <laughs> but he was cut with Sorry. a bunch of knives. That's why he ran away. What happened to that? I don't know. Anyway, he fixed it. Anyway, the eagle was yes. missing. So the old man, the hermit, began blowing on his whistle until she came. And the eagle comes and is like, I was eating tripe. What's wrong with you? And he says, don't be mean. I need to know where the greenish bird is. This girl says she's his sweetheart and is going to marry him. And the eagle says, oh, she's looking for the greenish bird? He's about to get married. He's very sick of some sores, though, so he hasn't yet. Uh, but the wedding feast is happening anyway, and the bride's mother is there. And <laughs> Just skip to the reception. We bought all this food. But anyway, if she wants to... What? <laughs> actual, actual time out. You're going to have to give that to me again. She's looking for the greenish bird. He's about to get married. The only reason he hasn't married yet is that he's very sick of some sores. Mm, yes. Sick, like he's sick of having them? No, he has. He is sick he with is, sores. Okay. He, the way, the the way le- they phrase the it, it sounds like he's, sounds like he's saying, I'm really sick of having these sores. <laughs> no, he's been in sickened by yes, sores. <laughs> I, know, I know that, but their phrasing is weird. Okay, so... That's the least weird of all the phrasing <laughs> in the story. But they're having a reception anyway? Yes, the wedding feast is going on and the bride's mother is there and everything. But they haven't been married. No. Nor, okay. It's a rehearsal dinner. Okay. Uh, but if the, if Louisa wants to go, it's all right. I just came from there and was eating tripe and guts and all that stuff they throw away. Is that what they're eating at the reception? I think that's just what the eagle is eating. I want, uh, I want um, tripe and guts at my wedding. It, <laughs> our wedding is BYO tripe. 
the eagle offers to take her if she butcher butchers him or butchers her cow. So the girl was very happy about that, even if he was getting married and all that. I swear this is told by a disinterested teenage babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> trying to watch TV and also yeah. drinking. Trying to watch all that. So she says she'll butcher a cow and she's got lots of money with her because the bird gave her money and he would have married her long ago if it hadn't been for those bratty sisters of hers. With the knives. This sounds like a lot of justification she's <laughs> pulling off in her head. So all right, so they did go. And she slaughtered the cow and the eagle took her and the cow on her back. They flew high and then they started coming down. Why is cow murder an afterthought? That's fuel. Because when they start going down, the eagle says, give me a leg. And then she would eat it. (laughs) That sounds incredibly inconvenient and very, very fuel inefficient. Oh, man. So she eat the meat, and that's why we say a person is an old eagle when they ask for meat. I hope that's the end of the story right there. <laughs> it, is, it is not. I hope it's the whole reason the story exists, okay. though. Okay, for that one that sentence. Just cut it right but, there. But it's not over yet. So the eagle kept flying and uh, saying, I don't see anything yet, and they kept going straight and asking about stuff, and then the cow got all eaten, and they still weren't there, and the eagle said she wants more meat, so Louisa hands her... (laughs) I need more cow! Louisa hands her a knife and offers to cut off one of her own legs for the eagle. Jeez. But she didn't say it wholeheartedly, of course. Not a chance. It's a joke. The eagle said, no, no, I only said this to test you. I'm going to leave you out just outside because there are many cops around or something like that guarding the doors. Does it actually say <laughs> yes! that? The eagle yes! has a few warrants out for, <laughs> for cattle rustling. Wait, wait. What? cops around or something like that guarding the doors. This has to be told by a disinterested yeah, teenage babysitter. Cooking meth or something in there. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's like the Mexican breaking bad. Tell them to let the ladies know you're coming to cook and don't ask for anything <laughs> yep. else. Get a job as breaking a breaking bad. <laughs> get a job as a cook and we'll see how things go for you. So they, Hold on. Where are they? <laughs> they are I assume at this point outside the doors of wherever the greenish bird slash leprosy prince lives. And the eagle knew where this was the yes. whole time. Yes. But, That's but why right. the eagle took her. Couldn't go all the way because gotcha. you got a rap sheet. The popo. <laughs> but, are, but are the police there for the eagle or the greenish bird? I think they're just guards. They're guarding the doors. She asks the people to let her go in and work in the kitchen and she's carrying an unbefore mentioned golden comb and everything that the <laughs> oh. greenish bird had given her. You know, remember that? Also the guitar. Still. Yeah. Still got it. Um, that was a staff. Well, she still got the geek box. We get fiddle, and as so, they say down in Mexico. <laughs> so he goes in to ask the mistress and see if they want to hire some kitchen help, and says a woman is looking for work, and who knows what else. And Louisa, <laughs> presumptuous, and, <laughs> very presumptuous. And Louisa asks, "What kind of woman is she?" And the response is, "Well, she's like this, and this way, and that way." All right, tell her to come in and have her go around that way so she won't come in here through the palace. So, this, oh God, I just can't. I the grown ups all talk like Charlie Brown. I know. I can't do it. Can't decipher it. So, everyone's really nice to her while she works in there. Meanwhile, the greenish bird was a person now, but all leprous and very sick. I'm not that he was all leprous and very sick is a direct quote from he, this story. He did ask for leprosy. He did. Um, he's being taken care of by the old woman who raised her and worked as a 
as servant, and then they go into the history of his raising and remind us that he loved Louisa. Does any of it explain how he's sometimes a greenish bird? No. Does any of it explain how he can give himself leprosy? (laughs) And why he chose leprosy over, like, mild lupus? How he somehow got leprosy via placebo. (laughs) And force of will. No. She had moved to the bride's house. So I guess this is at the bride's house. But she'd raised him as a boy. Um, the girl who's the bride was no bride when the woman first came here. But fallen in love with the greenish bird slash prince. But he loved Louisa. So it sucks for her. That's that complicated backstory for this one minor servant character. <laughs> this just gets tossed in there. So anyway, the wedding feast is still going on. Um, without, an, without a wedding. <laughs> right. And the greenish bird began to feel much better for he heard a guitar being played. And he asked the, the woman taking care of him why they hadn't told him there were strangers in the house. Because only strangers play the guitar. Well, <laughs> only strangers. And asks who's playing and singing the guitar. And the woman says, oh, I forgot. A lady came wearing a pair of worn iron shoes and she also has a guitar and a comb and he asks is there anything on the comb and she said I don't know she couldn't read any more than I can so the storyteller is illiterate and it's just that's <laughs> US which I guess makes sense Mexico has a strong tra- tra- tradition of oral tales and I think this would probably have originated as an oral tale probably makes sense so that might also explain some of the eh, <laughs> this way and that way and whatever so, sure. some of the fuzzy parts <laughs> yeah Oh, so she kind of vaguely describes the comb, and he asks to just see it. It was golden, wasn't it? It's golden. It apparently has little wreaths or letters, or she doesn't know what. Why don't you just say, oh, it's gold? That seems pretty distinctive. I don't, why bother with all this? Because he asks her to bring it to him anyway. They <laughs> <laughs> waste four sentences getting a description of this comb, and then he's like, just bring it to me. <laughs> They are very concerned with this thing that did not exist Moments until, ago. like, two minutes yeah, they're ago. Yeah, not, they're not as good at the Chekhov's loaded gun as some stories have been. So he kept getting better as he listened to the guitar. But no one, <laughs> It's just curing his leprosy. So this is no now... No one came to see him. Like, the, okay. the parents of the bride never came to see him. So he was all alone with the, the woman, and he looked very ugly. The greenish bird? Yes. Oh. And so the, mm, leprosy will do that. It's kind of a bummer for Louisa. The woman goes and tells the princess who is going to be his mother-in-law, you should see how much better the prince is, the greenish bird. He is quite well now. So now everyone comes to see him. And is that, that just his nickname? Yes. But he looks... So, okay, so that, is that something he just picked up, like, in high school? <laughs> Was that, like, his football team nickname and it just stuck? And then he literally became a bird sometimes? Yes. I guess so. He was ugly, and no one wanted to see him, but now he looks better, so everybody comes to see him, and that makes him really angry, because they only came to see him now that he's he's well. And they reiterate that the girl he's supposed to be marrying is rich and a princess and all that, and Louisa was a poor little thing. But he asked, he asked about comb. the comb again, and so the woman finally goes and asks about the comb. Ah. <laughs> And he looks at it and said, Tomorrow or this afternoon when they bring me food, have have this girl bring it to me. She's working here after all. So the next day, she, he gets his dinner from 
Louisa, and Louisa didn't want to go. She was putting on. She hung back and she hung back, but at last she went. So I guess she was just trying to pretend she wasn't interested. This story got way off track all over the place here. It never had a track. No. So they greet yeah, each other. Yeah, I don't know if I ever had a lock on the through line <laughs> of this story. So Louisa goes and gives him his dinner and confronts him about being engaged and... <laughs> You and leprous. Yeah, you can't... Well, she ignores the leprosy. Uh, That's nice of her. I think the guitar fixed it. <laughs> but he looks super gross now. Did the guitar no, looks, fix his he gaping... He looks better. That's why everyone came to look at him and he was mad about it. Oh, I thought he was he was better from the leprosy. He just looked ugly now. No, he looked ugly because of the leprosy, but oh. he's better because of the guitar and it's okay... Being confused by that's normal because they were in the same sentence and it took a couple of reads for me to figure out. What about his gaping knife wounds? They, they don't exist. He traded them for leprosy. The guitar fixed those too? I get They don't matter anymore. He just <laughs> bled out on the floors of strangers and then came home and contracted leprosy. leprosy. So the greenish bird has had an idea ever since he heard the guitar and says everyone is going to make chocolate and the cup I drink, I will marry the one who made it. And Louisa says, I don't even know how to make chocolate. Why did... <laughs> Why did listening to the guitar make him <laughs> no, have that idea? I don't You know what? <laughs> this is a very... It's time for chocolate. This is a very strange... Every time I hear a guitar, I want to drink chocolate. Yeah, it's a weird association, and it's a weird... He's... Like, he's banking a lot on this. He's sometimes a bird, sometimes not. Bled all over the place, came home and wished for leprosy, and apparently is fine from the night A lot is hinging on this... What do you call... A contest? On this Nesquik contest. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> Which he just now thought of because this guitar made him think of it. <laughs> yeah. And Louisa says, I don't even know how to make chocolate. And the, the woman who took care of him said, I'll make it for you. Um, so she... I guess I win. So so she has appointed a champion. Wait. Or she's saying, I'll make it for you, the bird. No, the old woman said, I'll make it for you, Louisa. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, she, so she's, she's her champion this in, this, champion in this trial by Nesquik. Yes. I want to see that on Game of Thrones. Travel by Nets quick. Yeah. And then they repeat all of that with Louisa telling the old woman about it, just to make sure that we knew that she went and told the old woman about this. Yep. Well, sure. So, Got it. So, uh, after two paragraphs of repeating that, <laughs> the first to come in were all the big shots, as is always the case. First the bride, then the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, sisters-in-law, and everybody. So they all made him chocolate. So he, I guess there was the chance of him marrying the father-in-law. <laughs> I was going to say, father-in-law's like, I'll get in on this whatever why not Sounds might as fun. well throw my head into the ring too <laughs> and, and every time he drank from their chocolate he said i don't like it i don't like it and the mother-in-law said now i wonder who he wants to marry and i wonder who he wants to marry she wonders it twice yes well nobody so then the old woman who took care of him came and not that one either and the cook came in and nope and louisa was the very last one and he told them that she was the one he wanted to marry that she had come searching for him from very far away, and that he would marry her. And he drank her chocolate after that. Bitter or not, he didn't care. And he married her. And kind of rigged that contest. So this, so this was a totally meaningless contest. <laughs> yes! Because he, he didn't even drink her chocolate first. He just said this one. He, yeah. You all made me chocolate. Thanks. No, nope. <laughs> I don't want this one. This and is this is something that the mind of a six-year-old would devise. <laughs> and color and so red, the story is finished. 
Here's our last line. Read it again. And color in so red, the story is finished. I don't know what that means. Me neither. I'm very confused. <laughs> So, this story we read. Yep. What was the moral? They said it partway through. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I we forget called... what it was, but it was. That's why people who eat meats are old eagles. That's why we say a person is an old eagle when they ask for meat. Yep. I really hope That's that it. this entire story was created to explain that idiom. I think so. I think they had that, and the only way it made sense for that situation to come up in conversation was to add in the plot of the greenish bird. I mean... And Louisa, and the sun, and the moon, and the wind, and all that stuff. It's kind of clever marketing for a fairy tale, to like sneak your moral in halfway through the story, and then don't touch on it again. Because <laughs> then people can't just pick it up and read the end figure out what you're all about. Oh, like, so you actually gotta read the story to find it. It's hidden in there. And so was presumably before they had internets. Probably. And you could just Google it. Yeah. There's no control F. I mean, now you can. <laughs> but we don't do that here. No. Definitely not. So the language in this one was very strange. And this this book has fairy tales from all over the world and the language changes drastically between locations. Uh-huh. So I, I think that it's not... It's not, it's not the books. Carter's yeah. retelling. It is. It's actually collected from the folk tales of Mexico by Paredes in 1970. I don't know if it was a modern. If, if he collected it from someone telling him the story orally in 1970, and that's why we get stuff like cops. Right. Yeah. yeah the the language sometimes becomes weirdly modern. Yeah. I can't imagine listening to vague. this. Well, I was about to say a very dumb statement. Oral? Yeah. So I was going to say I can't imagine listening to this as an oral story. Wind. But that's literally what we just did. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. But you, I mean. You it, can because you just lived it. it. It had a very meandering pace. and that. It, yeah, it did. It's, it's hard even when you're reading it not orally. Yeah. Um. To, to kind of keep track, even within a sentence, of, what's, of the events that's going on and where is, we are. I wonder if a lot of that, if this is an oral tradition, if a lot of that is written in the way it was performed. Just remembering as And it those happened. are kind of like quirks of the performance that were customary. I guess. Don't make the transition to book form particularly well. This is also yeah. presumably translated out of Spanish, which I'm sure comes with its own... Fun sure, and exciting foibles. So we weren't able to find anything regarding the Mexican oral tradition to explain if this is a, a typical form of speech. So let's set aside the language and just look at the story itself. What do we got? We have three orphans that are living on their own, I guess. Presumably. Two of which are important for like eight seconds of this story. Two, right. two drunk orphans. Two drunk yes. orphans go out and party, get jealous, put out knives for the the bird boyfriend of their sewing sister. The sewing never came back into this. It did not play a single role. If did she sew her iron boots? No, she has a Hold them. up. Okay, if if it is customary at the end of these stories, and we did look this up, for the story to end with 
um, with a test of... Uh, it's a domestic test. Other dom- stories in this Arne Thompson type, the most famous of, famous of which is East of the Sun, West of the Moon, end in a domestic test for the prince's hand. So why was the test not sewing? <laughs> if that was what she was known for, it seems... That was the curveball. It right. seems like... like that's Shyamalan the, got his hands on this. <laughs> seems like that's the setup, and at the end, it's like, who can sew the best? And she's like, oh, I sew a lot. I can do it. Instead of, who can make me the best delicious chocolatey drink? It was a <laughs> giant red herring. Yeah, I don't know. And most of these, and most of the other stories of this type, the, the task, the domestic task, like washing a shirt, is something that can only magically be done by the hand of the person meant for the prince, or the competitors are just super bad at it. Or, in, this case, in, in some cases, are trolls and therefore not allowed to do in it. In this <laughs> case, everyone was bad at it. Well, we don't know that. Everyone yeah, might just, have been good at yeah. it. He just ignored them. He just He could have turned down a super rich princess who loved him and made I the bet. best hot chocolate in all okay. the universe. I bet the father-in-law's like Nesquik Supreme was the smoothest, so, like okay. chocolatiest drink ever made. <laughs> so you're saying that like it was the dopest chocolate so milk. So you're saying it was probably good, and the greenish bird just said it was bad. Yeah. So Wait, he's he's he just an unreliable. Drink. He didn't say it was bad. He just it. said no. So it is in fact a totally meaningless competition. <laughs> right. That might as well not have happened. He, he could have just said, "Hey, I want to marry this one." It is a meaningless competition. But it is an interesting. Is it? Is it just the um, distraction? Not even distraction. It's like a is weird. Is just the front for him to be able to make this decision? No, it's like he he is showing because hers is he drinks hers. Yeah, and it's and it's bitter. It's, it's bitter. It's real crappy. Yeah. So is there like he is saying something by only drinking hers? I love you so much. I will down what. Ever bullshit drink you give me? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a sickness and health sort of thing. It is. It is like, really nice. Of I him, take so. you for what you are. I'll drink your chocolate. I mean, it's. I think it's a nice sentiment. Yeah, it is. I think that I he think, designed a contest around. I think we should adopt <laughs> this in weddings. Drink hot chocolate that the but, other person makes, but really bad hot chocolate. Right, and then and also turn down the hot chocolate made by. Opposing families. Yes. <laughs> so all... in the middle of your wedding, you have like the parade of rejected families yes. who come up and present because clearly of... better drinks, and you go, "No, I don't want with, any of those." With, like sticks in it. <laughs> because weddings don't already get contentious and awkward enough. Right. Let's, yeah. let's inject some competition. Some pointless competition that only ends in rejection of everybody but the person you knew you came there to see married. Every when every wedding should end with a round of double dare. Just cause. Why not? Just physical challenges. That and Red Rover. <laughs> I think. That's how you know. So so her sisters cut him up with knives that they plant on the windowsill, but they get no comeuppance, which I think is really unusual for nor, a fairy tale. Nor do they enter into this story <laughs> right. ever again after that. They just leave knives and then I guess go back to the bar for the rest of their foreseeable future. Yeah, like they, they are there just to put knives on this windowsill. But that doesn't even matter. Beyond driving him back to his home on the, plains the crystal Merlin. towers on the plains of Merlin, uh, they don't... He's not injured from then. 
that's not the reason he can't get married to this other person. Yeah, even that is a pretty meaningless event. It just sends him off. And they could have... I mean, other stories solve this problem with you broke a rule, and so the magical animal turning into a curse that I'm under. Outside of him drinking the chocolate that she provides, I don't think there is a meaningful event in this story. No. Like, they are just events, and none of them affect the other ones in drastic ways. Might, or might play have... into her, like... Her development or growth. Right. I might Not have to really. ruin another story for you guys, because East of the Sun, West of the Moon is, the, is a companion Arn Thompson type to this one. Does it happen concurrently? Uh, it's a completely different country. Oh. Well, uh, same it, question. But it follows similar principles, like a girl gets engaged to a bear, who's a prince at night. She's not allowed to look at him while he's a human, and she does, and she drops some wax on his shirt, which wakes him up, and he's like, oh shit, now I have to go get married to this troll, because magic curse thing, and that's why you weren't supposed to look at me. So he gets magicked away to the land of the troll, and so she has to go to all four winds and ask them where he is. Yeah, that, kind of, that like it's has a similar some logic structure. to it. Right, but there's there's a reason he's whisked off, and it's her fault, and so she has to go fix it, and in the this end, is... she wins him back by being the one able to wash the wax out of his shirt. Whereas this follows the it's... exact same pattern. Except that's entirely no... happenstance. <laughs> Like, the bird might as well have stubbed his toe on the windowsill <laughs> right. and just decided to leave. And she she is a fairly passive entity throughout the story. Yeah, she just goes off. She meets the son's mom, who tells her to do stuff, and yeah, she does it. they kind of just usher her through these. And she meets the eagle, who takes her somewhere. And, and she, then she, she does offer her own leg, which she is does. kind of good. Yeah. She passes the eagle test. <laughs> <laughs> the arbitrary eagle test. Um, I don't know what that was built. And then she for. doesn't even make her own chocolate at the end. No. And apparently the woman who makes it for her sucks at it. <laughs> Bet on the wrong horse. <laughs> on that one. Why is he sometimes a greenish bird? I don't even care about that anymore. Like, in East of the yeah, Sun... Yeah, I just, I just accept I've accepted that. that in East of the Sun, the guy is a bear part-time, because the mother of the troll he's engaged to marry enchanted him thus to kind of force him into me. Which which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but at least there's reason behind it. He's just sometimes a bird. Let me pose this question to you guys. If you could be a bird, would you? I mean, yeah. Okay. Would you be a bird all the time? How long would it take for you to be like, I'm done being a bird? Are there are there consequences to sh- changing shape? No, but there's qu- consequences to being a bird. So that you are a bird. You are a bird, sure. And all that that entails. Okay. Then no, I would not be a bird. I mean, yeah, all the I, time. I, I but when it is what, more convenient, more fun. Saying. Yeah, like this is a, a great life choice for him. It's yeah. Like, he, how, how was it presented that it could become? So. I don't even care. Like I said, so. I just think that he did the right thing <laughs> by. Becoming a bird sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, at some point in his life, he was offered the chance to be a bird, and he's like, I'll do that a couple times. (laughs) 
He also has the and chance. That would be my name. <laughs> he also has the chance to give himself leprosy, and he does that. That's true. He does have a lot of control. Over he has his... a surprising amount of control over reality. Yeah. <laughs> in regards to his body, in particular. <laughs> yeah. And so she plays a guitar that cures his leprosy that he called upon. I had himself. already forgotten that. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one loaded gun that they follow through on. What'd she play? Uh, Freebird. Always Freebird. Yes, of course. Freebird from Leprosy. <laughs> that's that's the full title. That was that was on the B side. Yeah. Of that, that was in parentheses <laughs> on the album. <coughs> I think that's what Leonard Skinner was really getting at with that song. It was to raise leprosy awareness. Things just got so distracted when she finally gets to this wedding party for the wedding that hasn't happened yet in this house that's on lockdown from the cops right it is made of crystal presumably no he's at the bride's house they they dropped oh they never go to the crystal house no she ends up at the bride's house because they go into that is there a sequel to this book i want to know what's going on at the crystal palace yeah i want to go to the plains of merlin in his fortress of solitude and and the the long pointless backstory with the caretaker of Mm -hmm. his who sucks at chocolate. Who sucks at chocolate and is easily distracted during caretaking. Why Why was this person hired as caretaker she if the bird is that into chocolate and she's not good at it? Well, she was hired when he was a little boy. So. And he has the power to give himself leprosy, but not the power to get a new caretaker. <laughs> How... Does he not have hiring and firing power? Is he into chocolate or does guitar just remind him of chocolate? Because he's... Re- he has an idea based on hearing the guitar, and it is chocolate. He likes it enough to roll with this idea. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like it enough to actually drink the good stuff, though. It's, that's true. He just felt like making a strange <laughs> chocolate-based gesture. Is this just to, just to set himself up with some symbolism? I, guess I think so. That's what he's doing. Like, yeah. Look what I'll sacrifice for you, person who wore out a pair of iron shoes looking drink, for me. I would drink bad chocolate for you and that is why i love you that is the depth of my affection for you you have traveled through the house of three powerful weather entities <laughs> and worn out and met there, all the birds shoes, and nearly cut off your leg to feed an eagle you did meet literally every bird ever <laughs> um okay okay yeah i don't i don't know what is what's the point of this story. If, you're, if you ask for more meat, you'll be called an old eagle, and they're not just making that up. Beyond the obvious. Oh. <laughs> Watch out for the sun. Yeah, he'll eat you. Watch out for the sun. Make sure he's he's had a good Jimmy Dean breakfast before you talk to him. Is it is it a parable about true or love? Snickers. Is it? Regardless of the quality of your woman's chocolate. Because he, he keeps coming to her house... When she's just the sewing orphan and she refuses to look at him until he asks for water and then she's like, I don't know if he drank or not. I better, I better check. And then, oh, he's a man. And then he leaves and then he comes back and says, hey, you should marry me. And then she's like, oh, I guess I'm in love with you. So really, he, he'll just drink whatever she gives him. Yeah. <laughs> I think this woman was on ecstasy for stretches of this story and we're just getting the part she remembers when she's sober. <laughs> and he's, he's just a... The weird neighbor who looks in on these orphan girls and she's a home alone all the time. Sometimes like, she sees yeah. him as a bird. Yeah. As he truly is. She's a spirit animal. She sees his true shape. Her, his persona. And, and uh, the, the princess he's supposed to marry is his badgering wife. 
that he's having an affair on with her, and this whole story is to justify in her head why that's okay. <laughs> what? Surely that's it. Stop listening. <laughs> Catch you me do up. that too much. Huh? So she's on this this acid trip, right? Yeah. And this bird, this person she sees is a bird who's sometimes a man. Is just her creepy neighbor who's cheating on his badgering old wife with her. And that wife is the princess that the greenish bird is supposed to marry. And so she's this whole acid trip story is her justification of homewrecking. You're saying that this man is having an affair on his wife with this woman next door who is always tripping balls? Yes. yes. Boy, that's a great fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta sprinkle some like magic fairy tale dust on it and add some eagles and stuff like that so it's not boring. <laughs> and him... Like, her trying to track him down is just her going to his workplace in the middle of the day. Just wandering high through Raving. Raving mad. People people stop her and like, hey, are you okay? I talked to the sun, he tried to eat me, and I'm wearing iron shoes. (laughs) Where's the greenish bird? Have you heard of the greenish bird? Ma'am, you're not wearing anything and you need to go home. I've made it from the mud. I have all my clothes and guitar. I will will play music and heal you of your leprosy. (laughs) Maybe this is about, I think this is about a woman following a, um, following like a, what do you call them? Like a jam rock. Yeah, this is a woman following a jam jam rock band around, I think, while they're on tour. And she's trying to, trying to get to all their concerts. The eagle is the bus, and the cow that she has to murder is the bus fare. And she runs out of bus fare, and she's like, I'll cut off my leg for you. And the bus driver's like, that's okay. Please don't. Please get off now. Because she offers to cut off her leg for the eagle, and the eagle's like, haha, that's just a test. It's, also, this journey's over. This is like, please also get off of my back right now. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> oh, silly you, that was just a test. And coincidentally, the trip's over. See ya. They're cops, so I'm out. <laughs> Go be a cop. Yeah. yeah, and if you see the cops at one of those concerts... Just you, yeah, just like, you count on everybody to be cool. Just go ask them if you can get a job inside, and we'll see what comes of you. Bye. Because that's that's exactly what the eagle does. Like, hey, just go get set up as a cook and see what happens. I don't know. And then he fails. I think that this was a prequel to Willy Wonka. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious to see how. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just drop that one and leave. Well, you see, uh, the Wonka Company was a partnership between husband and wife, uh, trying to find just the perfect chocolate recipe, because really she sucked at it. And they didn't have anything else to do, so they started a company and just tweaked the recipe until it turned into magic candy. That's not at all what happened in the books. No, it's a prequel. Oh, okay. And then she dies tragically, and then Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory happens. Mm -hmm. She dies in the chocolate pond, a la Augustus Gloop. Okay. And he turns his factory into a saw-like nightmare of traps and and candy confections. Where did the Oompa Loompas figure into all this? They're the rest of the birds. Oh. (laughs) Okay, this is, um... (laughs) This is putting a strain on the on the the canon of the books, but I see where you're going with this. I I see where you're going with this in a very general, vague kind of 
sense. You seeing where I'm going with this in that the word chocolate is used in both stories. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm seeing you run happily down a path full of brambles. Yep. There's not a lot I can do to stop you, but They're I can made still of watch it happen. Um... <laughs> Yeah, if if this were a movie, is it that time? <laughs> Would it be cast with I, horses? I always I always picture these it's casting as movies. time. I like this segment. This is a good segment for us. <laughs> so if this was a movie segment, yeah, just start doing it, it all of them. Yeah, it usually turns into good stuff. If it were a movie, though, that last scene feels very Oscar bait like. Yes, but like, like I'm picturing it as being very <laughs> dramatic, but, but not, only that scene, not one the queen. Yeah, the, that's right. the. Like, all of the trailer would just be cut from that ending scene where he dramatically turns down the good chocolate yeah. for her her crappy chocolate. That's not what the made movie would her. be called. What? The good chocolate. The good chocolate? Yeah. Okay. You think that would, that would probably actually sell more tickets than the Greenish Bird? Yeah. Although maybe, maybe the ambiguity of Greenish Bird would incite curiosity enough it, to... It's certainly sold us on the story. You got real excited when I said it. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what this was about. I still can't. <laughs> I still don't <laughs> Unchanged. <laughs> I, think, I think it's the perfect title for this story because the whole story is just as ambiguous yeah. and just as non-committal. It was Greenish Bird and they did stuff and whatever and then they were, they were like this and then that. Yeah. And do you think that that's, I don't know what else. Do you think that that's the point? Ambiguity. The ambiguity this of the world, like the vagueness of life, it's just the ephemeralness of meaningful experiences. Just a this, nihilistic fairy tale. Is this Dadaism in fairy tale form? Maybe. Could be. Enough of the story. Let's cast this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Greenish Bird, Owen Wilson. Okay. Oh. Come at me. <laughs> Um, what do you got? Anything better? <laughs> as, as Owen Wilson. Yeah. Um, I think you're officially the casting director for all the movies. I have vision. <laughs> that is that is a vision for sure. You have hit one. Yep. Oh man, Owen Wilson. So is this is this just a Rat Pack movie? No, I just I just see him as the greenish bird that's, for some reason. That's not his vision, Gordy. Get with his vision. Like we we can branch out. It doesn't have to be. Who's Louisa? Rosie Perez. <laughs> okay. Aren't casting. Them? Sure, you've got this. Who else do we have? We have son, um, son's mother, blonde, um, blonde, very ugly. Oh, <laughs> what's her name from Arrested Development? Lucille Bluth. Yeah, what's or the whatever her name? Jessica Walters. Yeah, that's kind of insulting to Jessica Walters. Makeup okay. to make her ugly. Okay. I just, I just think that she fits <laughs> the. I would like to see this with the cast of Arrested Development. <laughs> I think that that could work. Which yeah. one's the bird? Um, see Will Arnett doing the. Bird. Michael Sarah is the son. Yes, all I <laughs> Yes. Yes, Michael Sarah is the son. I could I could also see um what's his name? His real name. David Cross. David Cross has a role in this movie somewhere. Definitely. He must. He's the eagle. <laughs> he could be the eagle, yes. <laughs> you don't even see D that. It's just David Cross no. flapping his arms and demanding cow legs. <laughs> what else is new, David Cross? <laughs> Just stop trying to typecast him. <laughs> he can be a majestic eagle if he wants. And the old chocolate-making caretaker is Angela Lansbury. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. 
sure it'd be a real credit to her career if she. It's the role she's been waiting for. If she weren't. She dead. Angela. She still might be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Off the top. <laughs> dead <laughs> or alive. Out, yeah. She's gonna play her. We You'll can dig out her corpse if necessary and put it on puppet strings. Yep. Guess what, guys? Weekend at Bernie's four. God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what this movie is. Yeah. It's it's a very meta movie. It's Weekend at Bernie's for the creation of the Greenish Bird movie, starring the cast of Arrested Development in Angela Lansbury's corpse. Um, it's actually Weekend if, at Bury's. If you want this to be a Wonka prequel, I think Gene Gene Wilder should be the bird. Owen Wilson plays a young Gene Wilder. <laughs> and then okay. in the post, oh my gosh! Then in the post credits. Oh. It's uncomfortable see, to think about. You see old Gene Wilder in his chocolate factory reminiscing on the day that on he the had day the that he was a bird, chocolate. and then he turns into a bird at the end of it. Weird, just turns into a labyrinth. Yeah, if we want this to be a man turning into a bird, let's just get Bowie. He already does it in real life. <laughs> all labyrinth, the time. labyrinth was nonfiction. Yeah, labyrinth was just cameras set up. It was the first reality. It was, it was the first. Shot, it was the first found footage. Yeah, they movie. shot that the same way they made the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> let's see what David Bowie's doing. Oh, turning into oh, an boy. owl and being the Goblin King. All right. Well, we always knew something was up. Everyone has their their creative Thursday process. Yeah. Make sure you oh. get good shots of that crotch. That was him prepping to record a new album. He was just doing Goblin King stuff. Yeah, that's how he relaxes. So do we have a film? I think yes. so. Just need a director attached and it's set to go. Oh, who would direct this? I think whoever, the guy the who directed Birdemic should direct <laughs> this. What's he doing? Can we get him on board? Probably nothing. Smell Brooks up to <laughs> No, Mel Brooks we should could add, turn it into a musical. We should That's add a, some of these people on Twitter. We have like at Mel Brooks, we have a stupid, shitty project. You want it? Because we'll sell you the rights. We, we cashed it already. Fifty million billion dollars for this train wreck <laughs> in slow motion. We need Michael Bay for that. Yeah, he he's got effects. Michael yeah. Bay can be the visual director. <laughs> I don't like this movie anymore. It's just it, exploded. It just soured in my brain. <laughs> I don't like, know. Like, within minutes. I don't know. Okay, fine. Just the words is, like, just Michael Bay visual director. Those words in that sequence okay. just made it curdle a little bit. Guillermo yeah. del Toro visual director. That's Michael fine. Bay, Guillermo del Toro's coffee fetcher slash explosion renderer. Yeah. Michael Bay needs to do an internship under... Get Del Toro to learn some shit. I would watch a movie about that too. <laughs> An apprenticeship. There's your reality TV show. Goodwill Hunting Two. What? Starring Michael Bay and Guillermo Del Toro. <laughs> what? How is that Goodwill Hunting Two? It's no. just Michael Bay is neither a genius nor a janitor. He could be. No, he's not. I don't know. Oh. Uh. It's time to end this. Probably. I, I don't have it's any. time to put it out of its misery. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> to that point. Sorry, bird story. I can't help you anymore. <laughs> we can't help you any more than you could help yourself. Is there a story for next week? Oh, I don't know. Don't cut that part out. <laughs> Do cut that part out. Cut all of it. Cut the whole thing out. Just, we'll see what happens. We'll start from scratch. Start. We'll re-record this whole episode. I have so many books to look through now. 
So how do you want to end it? Sorry, everybody. That's a great way to end this comedy program. An apology. <laughs> we apologize for our comedy today, for it was strange. And we apologize for any physical harm created by imagining Michael Bay as the visual director for this show. It wasn't physical pain. It was entirely mental. It's a lot of emotional pain as well. It, like it my, can manifest as physical pain. My imagination turned into like a poison miasma. Just from hearing those words. Can't use that sound. No. Nope. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Stricken from the record. Morty can erase all sentences with the power it's of the his belly gas. wields. <laughs> okay. We need to be done with this. Well, we, we this is tired. so long. <laughs> Make this happen. Alright, everybody. We'll see you next week with the mystery story. Thank you for listening. And please come back. <laughs> please. We'll sleep more next time. Happily ever after. happily ever after. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.